cries. Amen. This week, I had the chance to be interviewed by one of our college students about a project that she is working on in relation to bias, and specifically in relation to bias in the church. And it was a great conversation. Not surprisingly, one of our young people asked really good questions, and it was fun for me to get to talk to her a little bit about her life and about this project. And in the course of the conversation, we talked about the fact that bias never really comes from scripture or from God if we're reading it correctly. Bias is something that is imposed by the world on the church, something people have looked for to exploit in scripture and in tradition, something that the church, to our shame, from time to time has bought into. Bias goes against the grain of who we are and who we're called to be, no matter where we find it or what form it takes. And she asked at some point if I thought that bias could be overcome. Is it possible for us to learn as people to see each other not through the lenses of bias, but through the eyes of God? Is it possible for us to see each other as God intended, all of us as equal, beloved children of God? Is there a way for us to be educated enough and faithful enough that we can step outside of the prejudice that the world teaches us, outside of all the broken and unhealthy things that we've learned from this world? Can we separate ourselves enough in order to really be something else? Can we? Today, as we celebrate the Feast of All Saints, we are reminded each year as we are on this feast day of the saints with a capital S and the saints with a lowercase s. The saints with the capital S are the people we remember on the church calendar of saints who are revered for their life and for their witness to God's love, for the things that they added to the world and the ways that they model faithfulness for us. These saints with a capital S have left behind legacies for us, paths and footprints for you and for me to follow. And they did remarkable things in their life. St. George is famous for slaying the dragon, St. Francis for his kindness and for his love of nature, his communing with the birds, his insistence on prayer and peacefulness. Joan of Arc is remembered because she listened to the still small voice of God within her, helping to save the people around her, even though everyone kind of thought she was crazy, even though she didn't fit into the categories or the boxes or the expectations of her day at all. And then there are the mystics like Catherine of Siena and Julian of Norwich who shared with us mystical visions of Jesus, mystical understandings of God and taught us to learn better about who God is and how much God loves us. And they can encourage us to pray and to meditate. There are more modern day saints, of course, like Martin Luther King Jr. and Polly Murray who stood for the oppressed and the marginalized who insisted on peaceful resistance and would not back down in the face of injustice. And the list goes on and on. There are saints from every generation who have done amazing things, enabled by their love of God and love of neighbor. And what they leave behind are stories and signs and clues and pathways, each one of them a light on our journey, each one of them with something to teach us. One of my favorites, Therese, wrote about how humbled and overwhelmed she was by the witness of these saints with a capital S, she couldn't imagine how she could ever be like them or even begin to emulate them. A nun in a small town in France, she had no aspirations to slay dragons or perform miracles. She didn't have anything really all that notable about her at all, actually, except her deep, 
abiding, longing love for Jesus. And that love led her to what she called a simple way, a path to Jesus and a path to God that was not altogether like the other saints. It wasn't grand or great. And yet she knew that she could be faithful. She just did the work that was in front of her, the work she was called to do, and did that with love in her heart for God and for her neighbors. She knew that she could contribute to the needs of the saints, that she could make sacrifices for the sake of others. And the more that she did that, the more she did the work in front of her faithfully and lovingly, even if that work was washing dishes and digging in the garden, the more she was transformed from a saint with a lowercase s to a saint with a capital S. And that is the other half of All Saints Day. That as we remember the lives of these remarkable saints and allow ourselves to be encouraged by their witness, by what they were willing to give up for Jesus, the other half of it is that you and I, we are children of God, also saints, but here this time with the lowercase s for the most part, I think. We too are called to be in the world, but not to be of the world, as the epistle says this morning, and to add our life and our love to the beacon of hope that is the faith of the saints across the generations that passes the story of Jesus forward. And like Therese, you might feel like you aren't destined to do great and grand things for God. And maybe that's true, and maybe it isn't. But even if you follow a simple way, doing the work that is in front of you with love and mercy in your heart, then you can contribute tremendously. You are capable of so much more than you know because you are filled with the Spirit of God. In the gospel this morning, we hear one of the most familiar and friendly teachings of Jesus. And I say friendly because it's been so often characterized as a moment that Jesus is pastoral and loving and meek and mild and soft. It is part of the Sermon on the Mount and so is pretty familiar to a lot of people, something we hear frequently. And yet it's something that I think we often misunderstand because in this moment when Jesus is usually painted as soft and pastoral. If you really pay attention to what he's saying, there's something much more challenging here. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. And blessed are you when you are reviled and persecuted for my sake, for doing the right thing, for being part of my story because they did it to the prophets, and you can almost hear Jesus say, and they will do it to me. My friends, this is not a soft and gentle, meek and mild Jesus who's whispering these words out from the mountaintop. This is a protest. Jesus is protesting the world in which his people live. He's drawing contrasts. He's showing a different path and a different way. And honestly, the world that we live in is not so different than the world that he is talking about on the side of that mountain. We may not be occupied by the Romans, you and I, but we face many of the same kinds of isolation and suffering, many of the same painful, broken places. We are encouraged to think of ourselves as individuals first and to put ourselves ahead of others. We are encouraged to take and to take and to hoard and to keep all that we can for ourselves while we leave very little for others. We live in a world where the poor and the oppressed and the marginalized are in fact left aside if they don't fit into the boxes or the categories or achieve in the same way that we think we should. 
We live in a world where foreigners are cast out, a world where the weak are stepped on and then judged for it because they weren't smart enough or strong enough to stop that from happening to them. We live in a world, especially in this season, where there is far too much to mourn. And in the midst of this world, in the midst of this passage, Jesus is lifting up what is very unpopular, the meek and the lowly, the merciful and the kind, and trying to show us what our priorities should be. We should hunger and thirst for righteousness, which means we should hunger and thirst for God above all other things. We should outdo one another in showing honor, seeking to meet the needs of others ahead of our own. Yes, what Jesus is outlining here is a series of charges against what is broken in the world. And what he's lifting up is a very different way to live. He is laying out a protest and calling you to join it. Just as all the saints who have done who went before you. Saints who fed the hungry, who cared for the poor, who chose peace over violence, who chose poverty over wealth, who chose kindness and mercy over conflict, who chose the needs of others ahead of their own. When it comes right down to it, no matter what it is these saints did, whether it seems big or small to us, fanciful or glamorous, the one thing that they all have in common is that they lived into these characteristics that Jesus lays out this morning. So can we overcome the bias imposed on us by this world? Can we overcome the impulses and the patterns we've been taught by a world that is violent and competitive and isolates us and hurts us? A world that likes to put people in boxes and decide who's in and who's out, who matters and who doesn't, who should suffer and who shouldn't? Can we overcome the human instinct to protect ourselves at the expense of others? Can we learn to see past bias and prejudice and all the other false things that the world creates to separate us from God and from each other? Well, here's what I said in that Zoom call this week. We are a resurrection people. We are reconciliation people. We believe that life goes on after death. We believe that peace can always be created after a fight. We believe that no wound is too deep, that healing is not possible. We are people who love stories and we believe in the power of stories. So can we be taught to live differently? Yes, if we choose the right stories, if we choose the right story. Each one of the saints with a capital S contributed to the story of Jesus, to God's work in the world, each one adding light and witness and power to the greatest story there is, and that is the story of Jesus. If you choose to live like they did by that story, whether it's in a simple way of washing the dishes and finding holiness in that by loving God and your neighbor while you do it, or by transforming the world in some much more visible, grand way, whatever your path is, if you live by that story of Jesus, like the saints, you will stick out. <laughs> you will stand out. You will not fit in. And yet, if you do that, if you live by the work that Jesus lays out in the gospel this morning, then not only will you be transformed, but the world around you will also be transformed. And here's the good news. If you look at the other half of those protesting proclamations from Jesus, look at the reward for sticking out in this world like a sore thumb. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. They will be comforted. They will inherit the earth. They will be filled. They will receive mercy. They will see God. They will be called children of God. 
heaven and earth, comfort, fulfillment, relationship, inheritance, and God. If you live with Jesus, if you renounce the broken parts of this world as we do in our baptismal covenant, if you refuse to go with the flow and to belong to this world, if you choose instead to belong to God and to live your life and your story as part of Jesus' story, then this is the reward that awaits you. Heaven, earth, comfort, fulfillment, relationship, inheritance, and a real connection with God. So my friends, on this feast of all saints, how are you contributing to the story of Jesus and to the lives of the saints? How are you living out your sainthood in the world? How are you merciful? How are you a peacemaker? How do you give up your power for the sake of the other, choosing to be meek and mild and lowly instead of violent and forceful and powerful? How do you hunger and thirst for God and for God's work? You are the saints of God, each one of you equipped to transform the world in a way that no one else can. You have specific gifts for that work and specific work that only you can do. So choose this heritage and this story for your own and live in such a way that causes you to not fit in with the world around you. Live, stick out like a sore thumb. Be kind and merciful when others are not. Make room for those who are meek. Lift up the poor. Make peace with yourself and with those around you. Build peace and justice for those who need it. Mourn, yes, and know you will be comforted. And let yourself be so loved by the God who created you that you learn to see through the eyes of love. Amen.